The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist, Benjamin Solak. It's the Kist and Solak Show, presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 73, brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Ben is furiously looking up the number 73. I already 70- know. <laughs> I already know. Isaac Sayamalo. Suck it. <laughs> so it's the Isaac Sayamalo Show. Uh, I'm Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Eight Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He's actually sitting right by me. We get to do this with each other here Friends. in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Ben. How you doing, brother? I don't have to look it up when it's a guy who's actually on the roster. I'm only looking it up when there's like no dude who's wearing 66 for the Eagles currently. But, dude, I'm doing very well. Oh, man, mobile is such a fun week. You know, like uh, the, the director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, always says like, you know, for one week, the entire NFL just like descends on this small town in Alabama. And that's really what's happening. Like everybody is here. Uh, so many people you get to talk to, so much, you know, different opinions on different stuff. We just saw John Gruden. We talked with him about the Cleo Mac trade. You know what I mean? It's just like insane stuff that you get to do, which is a ton of fun. So uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be with you and happy to talk Senior Bowl. I got to slander Tom Cable as he was standing right by us, and I hope that he oh, heard wait, us. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, I said – or no, it was a, it was a Hassan that said very loudly that he thinks that the offensive linemen are going to see a steady decline throughout the week because they're working with Tom Cable, and I completely agree with that. I don't know if you heard it or not, but – I thought it was a funny line. But look, this is going to be a bit of a quicker show. We're going to try to get you caught up on what's happening on day one. Obviously, some weather issues caused day two to be an indoor facility practice where media did not have access. We still have some notes about that. But one thing that I want to get right on the top is the fact that Draft Network did a mock draft, a live mock draft, video Mm -hmm. and everything. You can follow that at Draft Network LLC. One of the picks, and I say picks because Daniel Jones threw him one, was to the guy that you, was it you that mocked him? Joe mocked him, but Joe cleared it with me first because (laughs) um, I was watching him make the picks. Once he got to 25, I was like, hey, you need any help maybe? No? Okay, cool. Nasir Adderley was the selection. He's a safety out of Delaware. And the immediate response was, oh, it should have been in the trenches, which certainly could have been in the trenches. But the biggest issue for Philadelphia's defense this year was was not pass rush and trench play. It wasn't even corner play, in my opinion. It was the lack of depth at safety really limited the defense once Rodney McLeod went down. Now, Nasir Adderley can play free safety. It's huge. 
The Eagles do not have a depth safety. Corey Graham, Trey Sullivan, who can play that position. And so they do need to fill that depth role. But also, McLeod's going to be coming back from major surgery and has a very cuttable contract next year. You could even pull it off this year if you really had to generate some space. It wouldn't be great, but you could do it. And so, you know, they're looking at a point where if McLeod seems like he's lost a step back from injury, they're going to need a starter at the position by next season, and they already need a depth piece this season. So I think safety is potentially an early pick. Again, trenches would be fine. Adderley can play free safety, but he has corner experience as well. Fantastic athlete. Came in a little bit light, but that's okay. A University of Delaware product, he didn't have great weight room stuff. You know what I mean? Like, obviously a weight room is a weight room, pounds are pounds, but you, you didn't go through a big power five sort of weight program. And so you think that you can add more mass onto that frame. It's a little bit spindly. At least I think you can get him near 200 pounds, a little bit over. And so Nasir Adderley, to me, way in he didn't win but practice wise he's been fine he's getting coverage reps he's he's holding his own against tight ends and slot receivers he's going to be playing deep if he goes to philadelphia he's around one selection 25 is a good spot for him i like him in that range so one guy that i like and i don't know if the eagles met with him but we're going to get into those guys in a second but one guy that i want to bring up and i was speaking with friend of the show matt waldman before the practice we've had him on the show a couple of times he's great matt waldman's rsp is awesome Uh, works for football guys as well but he had put out there on twitter before that there was a guy that he had comped to Thurman Thomas, but he didn't say who it was. Can I guess? Yeah. Can I guess? Was it Bruce Anderson? It was Bruce Anderson. Easy money. That's easy money. As soon as he put that tweet out, I watched Bruce Anderson, the running back from North Dakota State, that night. And I said, this has got to be the guy that he is talking about. And a big thing for Bruce Anderson this week was the receiving drills because he didn't have a lot of ball production as a receiver in college. But that does not mean that he can't do it because there are definite flashes of him being able to do it. He's done very well in the individual drills here showing that off. He's got natural hands. He's explosive out of his burst. He looks comfortable running routes you know that he can do it so it's another situation where was he asked to do it can he do it he just wasn't asked to do it he definitely can do it so I think he raises his stock he has a track background Uh, he has a kick return background as a freshman he had 16 kick returns 585 yards and two touchdowns his average is over 36 yards it would have led the FCS that year if he had qualified with I think two or four more kickoff returns whatever their limit was so Bruce Anderson is a guy that I love for the Eagles could sneak his way into day two somewhere who did the Eagles meet with tell me it was please tell me it was Bruce Anderson I don't know if they met with Bruce there's a good chance they did and the reality is we get to see 10 to 15 percent of the people they meet with the, the the scouts and the player and the personnel executives are just in the same conference center with the players and they're constantly grabbing guys sitting down with them most of it is is clerical work it's not a huge signal that's the reality they're they're asking guys about their history their background when they were starting their injury stuff and they're just taking notes checking boxes on forms so that they have this data for when they do final evaluations and so i saw i saw eagle scouts talking uh to to david sills the the wide receiver out of west virginia and this is a guy who uh talking with with uh scouts previously in the season the Eagles have been high on sills for a while they're getting to know him here at the senior bowl Jerry Green is this uh like outside linebacker DN hybrid who never found a fit at Mississippi State they're talking to him and then the one who I think is interesting is Titus Howard He's an offensive tackle out of Alabama State. He's a good mover, came in with good size. You know, these small school offensive tackles becoming developmental pieces has really become a thing for the NFL over the last few years as offensive tackle and offensive line play in general, I think, has decreased at the power five level. Right. Then you start just like kind of reaching for these athlete types, these body beautiful types, and you see if you can build them up into something. So Philadelphia looking at offensive tackles makes sense. I think Titus Howard is probably earlier than they got prior and my lot of he'd be a more significant investment in the position. And I actually have an announcement a scout quote about Titus oh, Howard. Oh, sourcing. <laughs> and and the quote is quote fixes effing hands 
everything else is good. So he's got some work to do in that area, obviously, being a small school Fortunately, product. the hands are not important when it comes to blocking. Never even <laughs> use them like once or twice a game. So it's no problem. But you're right. They, they are looking at a lot of those types of guys from the smaller schools that are just body beautiful because one of the call-ups from the Shrine Week was Oli Udo. Oli Udo. Oli Udo. He's from Elon. Shrine game call-up. He's got 36-inch arms. So uh, what did he weigh in at like 300 and just massive? That's the actual weight that they listed for him. It's a, a healthy young man. Yeah. A healthy young man. What other tackles did you see that you think that the Eagles might have their eye on? I know a lot of people like Andre Dillard. Dalton Reisner is here. There's some other guys. I think Chuma from USC. Your 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 buddy John Ledger was saying that he was having a good week. Yeah, well, Ledger took that from me so he can watch himself. <laughs> now, Chuma was a guy who I watched his 2017 tape out of USC coming into the season. And I said, all right, so the dude can move a little bit. He's got great, he's very nimble, he's got quick feet. What are we looking at in 2018? And I thought there was inconsistent tape in 2018. There were steps forward, there were still uh, mistakes. He's got a really long frame that doesn't sit well against a power rush. He doesn't have a great anchor, he doesn't have mass in the lower half. Now he came in over 300 pounds, and in speaking with the people that he was training with coming into the se- coming into the offseason, that 300-pound benchmark was huge for him because he was not playing over 300 pounds, right? And in the Pac-12, you can really get away with that because mm. they don't pa- pass rush with a lot of power there. A lot of their pass rushers are kind of these smaller outside linebacker types. And so it made sense for how he was playing, but he was able to get over 300, which is big for him. And like I said, a long frame, you usually think you can add some more mass to it, but you wonder what that's going to do to his agility. Now, that said, here this week, You've seen him taking on more traditional rushers and framing them really nicely and locating his hands really nicely. That's been what surprised me because you didn't really see that as much on the Pac-12 tape. Now he's dealing with a lot more five techs who are two gapping, who are slow rushing him. And so it's a different sort of approach as an offensive tackle. I think he's adapting really well to different styles of rushes better than I would have anticipated. So Adoga is a guy that I've like been on, but as more of a project type over the past few months. With this senior bowl performance, he's going to, I think, play himself into a stronger consideration for teams now, you know, checking boxes on him. Like I said, checking boxes on paper, but this is a box on film. Mm. He really looks like he's framing rushers and locating his hands nicely. He's a little nasty, too. You know, he, he's willing to put some guys in the dirt. He's willing to hit them. The only other tackle that I would say has interested me so far from a, a potential starting perspective is Dennis Daly out of South Carolina. Now, he's a guy who went up against a slew of rushers in the SEC, obviously. You know, you're going to have your Josh Allens there. You're going to have the Clemson rushers. This is a guy who up and down success in terms of against these top tier talents, but you see a guy who will frame really nicely and who can exchange power in the trenches. There's been one tackle who I've thought has been able to deal with Montez Sweat for the South team, Mm. these practices. It's Mm. been Dennis Daly. He's been the only one who's been able to hold up. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S 
I-A-N.com. Atlassian. One guy that I want to get your opinion on because there are going to be some polarizing opinions on him and people are going to mislabel him and whatnot, but it's Andy Isabella, the wide receiver out of UMass. I wrote about him for BleedingGreenNation.com as part of my primer piece to get us ready as someone that the the Eagles may target because they have been looking at deep threats. Isabella beat Denzel Ward in a track meet. I think it was a 100 and a 200 meter race. And he has said that he can run as fast as like 4.26, something like that. He's been timed at a 1.5, 110-yard split. So this dude has burners. Now, he's tiny. He's a tiny, mm-hmm. tiny dude with tiny, tiny arms, and he can't hold a whopper with his tiny, tiny hands. But you see the explosion that he has. So he's got the long speed. The short area speed is something to see. There was a rep where I remember just gasping as he came out of his break. It was a quick slant. As soon as he got out of that thing, he separated so quickly it was yep. it was incredible so he's extremely quick in the short to intermediate areas really crafty at the at the break point he was really productive too so small school guy but also went up against Georgia and put up like massive numbers it was over it was like 12 catches 160 something yards or 212 yards something something like that it was, two there was a lot of garbage time work there in that game I'll just put it like that but he still did show that he was a deep threat in that game as well. The problem with Isabella, and specifically one of the reps that I'm talking about here, that slant where he separated so easily and so quickly, he drops the ball. And I don't know if he's a natural hands catcher or not. What did you see from Isabella that you liked, maybe didn't like? Yeah, no, I agree with the sense that he is inconsistent with his hands. Uh, and then there's also, there's been a, a discourse about how long it takes him to get into his route breaks because he tries to he does a lot. Do, do a lot, which I don't hate too much. You know what I mean? Like he's going to run option route releases. He's going to run stuff that has multi breaks to it because that's going to play to his strengths. So I don't hate it. Um, and also this is the senior boy. You're kind of trying to showcase what you got. And so, I don't know. I think you stunt a little bit. Yeah. What, what I'll tell you is like, you know, I don't think if a coach told him, hey, just take three steps and snap into the break, he'd be like, no, man, I need to do this at the top. Like, you know, he's going to like, it's, right. it's going to be okay. He's going to um, conform to right, what yeah. they need on that specific you can play. You can coach, you know, nonsense in a route break out of a guy. You can't teach him how to have great wiggle on like a return route or an arrow route or stuff that has like multiple tough angles to it. And one guy that I remember that people said that about and I kind of agreed with them, especially at the Senior Bowl, was Cooper Cup did a lot of stuff extra at the Senior Bowl at Cooper. the top of his route. Has not been an issue for him at the next level yeah so there you go now that being said uh the better version of andy isabella here is penny hart Mm. uh, out of georgia state who is like so hart was a guy who like i saw a little bit of out of of georgia state uh when he before he came to the senior bowl and you're like all right this dude is just a great mover he's super small he'll be a returner that's fine and then he gets the senior bowl invite the last day man (laughs) like we're talking like he was told like three days before the event like yo you're coming emmanuel hall dropped you're gonna be here Hart is so loose. You just talk about an athlete who there's no angle he can't get through. There's no way his hips can't point. He's working through contact. He's dealing with, with, with physicality and he's able to keep his feet moving. He's just, he's got such nice bend. He's got such nice agility. It's just, you, you look at him and there's just so many possibilities with the ball in his hands and with him working into space to get the football. Okay. To me, what, what Isabella does best on film is the quickness to separate and i think hart's got him there what isabella will do best testing wise is long speed and i think isabella's got heart there and so it's not really like a one-to-one hearts the better version but to me if you're looking for like that quick undersized slot then to me penny hart right now is outplaying isabella and you know i, I went back and watched some heart tape last night i haven't gotten deep in isabella tape 
Harden's tape holds up. Like, you know, this is not just, you know, uh, a practice warrior here. He was able to do this. I mean, he's a three-time Sunbelt conference player. Mm. Two first team. He was a freshman all team. And he was third team this year when they're basically playing with an option quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's a, a fantastic young player. So those are the slot guys that interest me. I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you've thought about interior defensive linemen. It's a spot that, that is super strong here. Uh, this I would say it's probably the strongest position group we've got here in Mobile, and obviously it's a spot Philadelphia could address next to Fletcher Cox. Some big names. Who do you like? Did you see me like looking at the names to to, to see who I wanted to talk about? Because I was going to go no, into your defense. No, but we're line. so close physically right now that <laughs> the connection is palpable. <laughs> One guy that I really like that I saw in Shrine Week too, Dalen Mack from Texas A and M. This guy just has this natural low center of gravity. He's built so thickly in his butt and his thighs. And just by his his height, the way he's built, he gets under dudes. And when he gets under dudes, he can at least move them. He might not blow past them, but he's got a good first step to be able to get into the frame of the opposing center guard, wherever you want to put him. But he would be a guy that would just suck up space and attention away from Fletcher Cox. I think he's like 320. But he was moving dudes back, and he was also showed off a good club move. He showed some different moves. He had some pass rush juice a little bit to him. He's not going to be a dynamic pass rusher at the next level. He did have five and a half sacks last year, and I thought his tape from 17 to 18 did show some improvement in that area. I think he's better than his teammate that's here, Kiki Kingsley, and I can get your opinion on that. But Dalen Mack on the interior was one guy that I really like. Kingsley Kiki, you messed it up again. You always mess it up. It's Kingsley Kiki. It's not Kiki Kingsley. Dalen Mack is an ex-five-star recruit who underperformed in college. And this already like came out in like a Belichick way. Like, oh, Belichick loves to attack ex-five-star recruits. Yeah, everybody does. Like, that's, that's not that stupid. The five-star recruits are usually like, there's a reason why they were five stars. Yeah. But the point made in the article and the point overall with five stars is all the coach has to do is convince himself that he'll be better at developing that five star than his college coaches were, and he's going to want to get him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah, Max obviously illustrating a lot of that uh, potential, a lot of that power that made him such a highly touted recruit. Now, frame-wise, dude, sh- dude can lose some weight. I think dude can get slimmer. Yeah. I think right now, you know, he's the size where he's trying to hold up against SEC rushers on the in- or SEC offensive linemen on the interior. He's trying to hold weight. He's trying to two gap. You can make him a little smaller, and he can still play one check at the NFL level. And I think he has bad weight that he can lose, which is something that will in- increase his explosiveness, which is something he needs in his game. Yeah, and I still think he's explosive enough. So he does. If he does drop that weight, then yeah, it's going to be something very nice that I'm starting to look at and be attracted by. What about the edge guys? Because you mentioned Mount Montez mm-hmm. Sweat already. What other guys along the edge have you? I, I see on the first day. I got to see the South practice. They moved it to the other side, and I was so locked in on Nasir Adderley because I love him so much that I missed some of the reps. And the film room was a crap show today because everybody was off and everybody was packing that doggone Exos film room. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't able to get some of those reps from the North team in the first day. What did you see from either the North team or from the South team? Just did you see someone that you liked along the edge? Right. So obviously Montez Sweat is the guy that people love to talk about here. And, and Sweat is a perfect example to me of a player that's getting counted twice in terms of like coming into the, the into coming into Mobile, we said, okay, Montez Sweat wins with length. He wins with power. He's got good hand placement. He's a big dude, strong dude. He's got the ideal frame. And then he came here. He was a big dude, strong dude, had the ideal frame. He went with length, <laughs> power, and hand placement. Everybody's losing their minds. This is what he was supposed to do, right? Yeah. It's important that you don't count things twice when it comes to players. You, you, you have their film. You have the expectation for them. Montez Sweat killed the way in. But when you watched him on film, you expected him to kill the weigh-in. So you can't boost him up your board for doing something that when you had ranked him on your board, you expected him to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Unless you're like, you know, just trying to stay completely agnostic of that, which doesn't make any sense to me. 
uh, then go ahead for it. The only other defensive lineman that's rushing off the edge that has really interested me thus far has been Jonathan Ledbetter, who's a guy who was an interior player for Georgia. He's slimmed down. He's around 270 now. Uh, I don't know exactly how he fits. He's probably more of a guy you want playing at a three-tech, five-tech, and a three-four front in an odd front, which Philadelphia never does. Uh, and so I don't know if he's a good fit for the Eagles, but he's won some rushes around the edge. Only other guy that I can think of who's been particularly strong. Uh, North team-wise, going through that film, Zach Allen had some good rushes. Anthony Nelson had some good rushes. Again, these are bigger guys that aren't going to be typically lighting up at the wide nine, and so I I don't see much there for Philadelphia. I'm sure they would love to see, like, O'Shane Zeminis from Old Dominion, who's, like, uh, their size, their speed, become a a dude, but he's just not having a good week. He's not. He's he's a little bit out of his depth. Last question for you that I want to get your opinion on this guy. I was watching this film the other day against Daniel Jones, who has been pretty pretty bad this week, and you kind of expected that. So I'm not going to check that box twice. I'm just going to call him Cute. not a first-round quarterback. But Juan Thornhill, the safety out of Virginia, I really liked his tape. Yep. What did you think of Thornhill in his week so far? I thought I thought he's been solid. Thornhill, like that's the thing. Like you talk about Thornhill. Thornhill has been as bad as every other safety and every other corner is here you know what i mean like this is where this is the guy who like when you're in a defensive back position playing one-on-one in terms of isolated in space you have no safety help you have no underneath coverage nothing like that you're gonna lose reps out of these lost reps amani otawarie who's the potential first round corner has lost reps it happens so thornhill's lost some reps overall say that again awarie or awarie or awarie amani otawarie amani o got it um okay <laughs> You're going to lose some reps. <laughs> Thornhill's been a guy who clearly I think is a step quicker, especially for his length, than a lot of the other players that you're seeing here. There's a lot of small school defensive backs who are around. And you can see that his length, in my opinion, stands out a little bit. Like you put him up against a Darnell Savage, even a Rocky Sin who came in undersized, mm. which is a big problem for him. Thornhill clearly has uh, a different physical profile there. Another ex Five-star player, another guy who in Virginia was never like super productive. Obviously, Cavaliers kind of been stuck in, in neutral for the past two years. So I've, I liked Thornhill's film a lot. He hasn't done anything for me that's like super stood out this week. Really, no defensive back has done anything where I've been like, yippee ki yay. Well, it's not set up for them to have yeah. success. Yeah. So it, to me, you're looking at, uh, uh, you're relying on the film for this guy. He was uh, getting spoken to with the Arizona Cardinals with some other scouts about he had a reckless driving incident. Uh, in the beginning of last year that got squared away and he's potentially going to be suspended or whatever that I didn't know about. So teams are doing their homework on him for sure. Mm. And Thornhill's, are, the Cardinals are a team obviously needs a safety. They're going to be drafting early round two. You know, we'll see what happens. Okay. I want your opinion on one last guy and then we go. Which I'm assuming you haven't seen his film. Terrell Hanks, that linebacker out of New Mexico State. Hanks is a guy that I circled because when I was watching Bruce Anderson. Oh, yeah? Did you see him lay out Bruce Anderson when he was trying oh, to release? Oh, on day one. Yeah. On day one. Yeah. yeah if, you had, uh, if you watched the Draft Network LLC uh, <laughs> uh, live show after day one, you would have heard that our offensive winner uh, for the week, for the day was Bruce Anderson, and our defensive winner was Terrell Hanks when I, they met in the hole. I, I, I stuck on him after that and, and really zoned in, you know, got in on his reps. I have not seen his film. But he is a guy that I put like three circles around because he looked really good in coverage. He looked really smooth. And I like what he brings to the table as a coverage linebacker in, in, in that regard. So I'm hoping that the film matches. We'll see if it's just like a really good practice or if right. it's something that holds up when you go and check. There's it. some of that in film. To me, there's some processing concerns for sure. Like it was a pretty simple fill. But man, I'm going to tell you something right now. When Terrell Hanks walked out on the stage. <laughs> you jacked. You could like. like so. Oh, that's. You know what? Actually, I circled him then. I circled him twice. I didn't even listen, realize it. Listen, <laughs> listen. So there's a there's a, a buzz phrase that scouts use when a guy's really jacked where he goes like his skin is tight. Right. <laughs> and the point where like 
Like, he's so jacked, it's straining his epidermis, yeah. right? <laughs> Terrell Hanks looked like you could cut yourself on his abs. Dude, I have never... Like, that was... He was so shredded. Yeah. Like, there's built, and then there's shredded. Like, he was 240, and he looked lean. He was ridiculously built. Oh, my goodness. A healthy, healthy young man. Do you have the official measurements? I do, and I'll show you the... Uh, the, uh, the... Terrell Hanks came in at... 62 flat 234 with 33 and 5 8 inch arms. He's the only one that I had an asterisk next to because I was like, he won the weigh in. Well, yeah, because when you look like the predator on stage, dude is an animal. But anyway, if you're like, to me, he's a Sam type. Yeah. And Philadelphia can use him if Hicks is gone. Mm. Like, I think you can have Hanks and Brandon playing next to each other, and it makes sense in yeah. terms of how Philadelphia uses their linebackers. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that we're going to be talking about through the, throughout the week. We've got practice number three coming up today after this is released. We'll be there. We'll be breaking it all down for you here at Bleeding Green Nation. Ben, would you say goodbye to the gentle listeners? Thank you, as always, for listening to the <laughs> Kiston Solak Show here on BGN Radio. We had a... Uh, uh, a good time doing the podcast together. Last year, we were doing podcasts together, and Mike lost his voice because he partied so hard that I was doing it with other people and pretending that they were Mike. And so this year, it's nice that Mike decided to retain his voice for the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, but no, this is live from Mobile. Thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, we're going to be back again, I'm assuming, after all the senior bowl practices are done, and we actually, you know, have a practice to talk about uh, to give you some more notes on what players actually look like on the field. And we'll obviously talk about some of the results of the game as well. As we continue to transition into the offseason, we'll talk about more draft prospects that Eagles could target, including the underclassmen, get you prepared for the combine, what matters there, and talk some free agents, talk some contracts as well. Uh, please go ahead, leave a rating, review, and subscription if you enjoyed the show, which usually you guys do, which is super cool. So go ahead, please leave that rating, review, and subscription. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K, and Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL, that's K-I-S-T. We're going to catch you guys later this week. We all we got. Ooh. We all we need. Yes, we are. Fly, Eagles, fly. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.